Here we go. What up? It is the Man Fuse Podcast. Kay Lee here, audio producer, voice artist, your host, my co-host, real estate man, Ben H. What's up, guys? Army veteran, served the country, combat style. Yes. He's no pussy. No bitch. No bitch. Full disclosure, I joined the Army to snowboard in Europe. Bitch. They were the only ones that would give me a guaranteed station in Europe. That's why I joined. Hey, dude, you had your reasons, but you were willing to lay down your life for that reason alone to snowboard in Europe. That's true. That's a man that knows what he wants ah, and is willing to die for it. That's right. That's <laughs> right, dude. He bets on black That's, every time. I put it on black. That's right. Slap it down. This man ain't scared to live his dreams. I do my best. That's right. Hey, this week on the Man Fuse podcast, we got to give some shout outs. I got a hypothetical question for Ben H involving 25 grand and what he might or might not do for it. My wife has decided to coin her own workout routine based off a of 75 hard, but she's calling it 75 domestic WTF. We got to talk about the Lunar New Year shooting and the hero that stepped up and saved the lives of countless people. And we'll get into Alec Baldwin and his manslaughter charge. And Ben H has a unique take on Hollywood itself. We got to thank some listeners. We have a couple of shout outs we got to get to. Ben, do you want to give us the first one? I want to give a shout out to the lovely Amadine and or Dina, who sent us a great voice message on WhatsApp. Thank you, Dina. We appreciate that. We love you guys, and we really appreciate you and your girls listening to the show at work. We'd love to hear more from you. We're just really grateful. Thank you so much for reaching out. We love it when people reach out. And if you ever have anything going on in your life and you need advice, you just want to run something by us, you want to figure out what not to do, then yeah. you could reach out at <laughs> 770-744-5227 on WhatsApp or by regular phone. And then I got an email yesterday, Ben, had me choked up. Did it put tears in your eyes? I wept. Yes. As I was reading a novel from Gilbert in Roseville, California. We love you, Gilbert. Thank you for listening. Absolutely. He thanked us for doing what we do. You know, if you're not throwing cash at me. Right. At least tell me that we're doing good. Sometimes that's what gives us the fuel, even though cash helps. You know, support helps. Yes. But when I was interning at the radio station, I didn't get paid for years. Right. And sometimes I'd get so frustrated that I wanted to, like, what am I doing here? It isn't happening. It's not happening fast enough. Yes. I think we all go through that, you know, delayed gratification is hard. But then someone would come along, a higher up, you're doing good. Yes. And that compliment sometimes was the only fuel I needed. That's right. To change my attitude back right. and keep going. It Absolutely. let me know that we're going in the right direction. Absolutely. When you build a podcast from scratch, yep. sometimes the monetary value, other than the enjoyment of us doing this, which we do enjoy, of we're course. passionate about it. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, the goal is for it to produce some sort of monetary value so we can enhance what we do for our audience. Well, I think we're ultimately, the goal is to create value for people. You know what I mean? Give something for them to, some ideas to chew on, some things to laugh at. You know, ultimately we're value first. We're putting that value in 
And we love hearing that it's being translated by people who are listening as valuable. That's a huge reward. More than money, really. Yes, exactly. Well, the money is something that ultimately comes as a result of providing value. So the money ultimately will appear at the moment where the value is in exchange for, I got to tell you at the same time, I'm really excited about some of the companies that we're talking to right now. I never want to take money for something I don't love. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I think that's so important. We are not going to be whores. I'd rather not take the money. I'd rather not do the ad. And we won't. If we feel a company or a product doesn't align with our beliefs, we don't believe in that product. We're not going to recommend it, nor will we endorse it here. Or even like it. I don't want to use it. Of course. We want to try everything. Send us your samples. Should we go down the list? Yeah, exactly. These are the people we want to work with. We're going to put it out there. (laughs) Absolutely. In that way, we will be a whore. Well, we'll set our goal target list at the end of the day. You got a private jet company? (laughs) None of it happens without providing value to people because if you're not providing value to people, it becomes irrelevant. So it's nice to hear from Amadine. It's nice to hear from Gilbert and Doug and Hannah and all of the great people who write in. We really appreciate it. We try to highlight all of the stuff that we get. We do our best, but- Vanessa. Vanessa, thank you. So check this out. So I'm going to just read a little bit of Gilbert's message. It's a novel. And Gilbert, we are not knocking it because Ben, after reading your entire email. I was exhausted. He said, how long was I reading? (laughs) He said, are we done recording? I thought it was over the whole podcast. No, but in all seriousness, the time you took and maybe you're a super fast typer is epic. I loved showing this message to Ben H. That's why he's going to be okay if we read it. He said we can read parts of it, take what we want out oh, of cool. it. Yeah. He oh. gave us freedom. He gave us freedom and right to the information. Right. So Gilbert says, I'm 63 years old, but I connect to many of your topics. So keep up the great effort. And it helps in ways you don't realize. That's when the I tear part. started building down my right cheek. I love that too, because I know what he means. There's podcasts that I listen to that are- Gives you something. Yes. That's an amazing statement. He likes long walks with his German shepherd. Me too. With his daughter's German shepherd. He's got his earbuds in, under his rain hoodie, a large mug of hot coffee, hopefully it's black rifle. And all the while, while listening and laughing along with us during the show. By the way, the longer I laugh, the longer we walked. So my dog wants to say thank you as well. Dude, how fun would it be to go out to California and go for a walk with Gilbert? Let's do it. Just to point it out, and this might not be a big deal to the people that are listening, but you know, you try to define your target audience. And I would think that, well, obviously, I think we probably would relate to more men than women, even though we have women listeners we and we have want women. The women have spoken. Yeah, the women have spoken. But ideally, man-fused, you think men. Right. But like in a target audience, I would think it would be in the 30s, the yes. 40s. You know, the fact that we are relating, our topics are relating, some of our perspective, he does say, while he doesn't agree with every thought that we have, which is great. We don't want people that agree with us. We want to be challenged. Absolutely. He thinks that we present our our thoughts and our opinions in a thought-provoking way yes. that is fair and open. We're not closed off. My opinion's what it is. That's the fact. You right. suck. Get the hell out of here. Loser. Yeah, I hope my opinion's a fact, but it may not be. But we are open to people's perspectives. Well, it's so funny because I love communicating with people that I disagree with. 
complete opposite. You know what I mean? We have more alike than we think. I like disagreeing with people that are so passionate that they get up and want to fight you. <laughs> because I sit there and I laugh. Fact that I'm that much under your skin. Yes. At this very moment. Kaylee loves that. I do. He loves it. I'll start weeping. Weeping. <laughs> <laughs> so Gilbert did have a response. I mean, he went on yes. for many more paragraphs of beautiful poetry. Beautifully written. Yes. But he did respond to a topic. I had a friend who was about to marry a gambler. She was seeking advice from me. And I thought Gilbert, being wise, 63 years old, he's got more wisdom than I. He's lived longer. Yes. So, and he seemed to be a level-headed, common-sense thinking individual. I would say so. He said, regarding the woman who set out to marry the gambler, well, if she were my daughter, I would tell her this. There are those who have bigger and riskier dreams than others. In my years, I have seen many fail, and yet some succeed. Question, do you want your passion, time, and love to be the currency, i.e. the bet, in his, her, game, goals in life? Are you willing to risk your currency without some limits of security? If he can't set levels to achieve where he can create a secure landing and then gamble a little bit more up, then you've got no safety net as he or she takes those risks upward. With that in mind, I would be looking at the person's character. Can they compartmentalize? Are they realists? Or are they just go-for-it-at-all-costs kind of people? It's hard to tell people what to do without living in their shoes, but those would be the questions and observations I would present to her. Gilbert, thank you for that. That is very wise. Oh, wise counsel. You're like a little Buddha. <laughs> <laughs> like a Yoda. Yeah, you're like a little Yoda. <laughs> Gilbert, seriously... Keep them coming, sir. Yeah, man. Thank you for Enjoy listening. your walks. Yeah. We're happy to be walking with you yeah. and the dog. Yeah. Pet that German shepherd for me. That's right. Pet that beautiful Pet that puppy. Beautiful, <laughs> beast. That beautiful, beautiful <laughs> drug-sniffing dog. <laughs> ben, I got a hypothetical question for you. Yes. Now, granted, this might be pocket change to a baller like you, Ben. <laughs> Not quite. So, if you were given 25000 thousand dollars to stay in your home with no windows not look or go outside for five weeks could you do it five weeks 25 grand do you think you could do it to stay in my house you can't look outside how you can you not in, look outside put yourself in a room with no windows for five weeks mm -hmm. probably not i probably couldn't do it i wouldn't even want to commit on the front end to that you say hell no i'd just be like i'm not doing that shit take you away from the cool air and the yeah dude i mean what's it worth 25k yeah i mean are you gonna come out the same guys you went in as i mean what is gonna happen in there <laughs> i would need more details <laughs> those are the details <laughs> you put another zero on it right. and i want the detail maybe 25 grand isn't the rub for you not for me let's say 250 grand i would highly consider it that's game changer i would highly consider 25 it. grand is I can blow through that bad weekend at Vegas. Yeah, I mean, you know, for 250, five weeks, I need to know the rules. I still might say no, but I need well, to know the rules. Well, the rules are, you're in a, let's say an apartment. But can I use my phone? Yeah, there's no rules Email, against that. I can watch movies. Yeah. I can work out. But you can't look out the window. That's cool. You're in no window. I can do, I still do business and talk to people. Yeah, I'd probably do it for 250. For 250. For sure. But not 25K. 25 wouldn't do it for me. Not enough money to take me off the field for a well, week. Well, I mean, if you think about it. A month. Even middle class could make eight to 10 grand in a month. So could almost make that money. Look, I'm not saying 25 G is a small amount of money. 
for me, that's a lot of money. And yet, at the same time, time is everything, ultimately. So I will be hanging out in for five weeks, getting my sweat on, getting my workout on. I'll just lock myself in the closet and make a couple million bucks or something. No distractions, and I can just get after it. Wake I might up. pay somebody else to do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I pay you so I can just stay in my house for five weeks? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do it either for 25K. Yeah. I mean, and maybe if you put 100. 100 plus, maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd consider it. Yeah. I'd have to ask my wife, of course. Of course. Yeah. Well, she could go outside still. So I have to talk about something, Ben. I, I feel like a neutered dog. Oh. It's a new year. Yes. Same me. Same you. But just like last year, you know. Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, my brother was in town from Australia. I kind of got off the workout routine. I also got bit by a dog. I couldn't oh, really use crazy. my hands, you know, until it healed. So I kind of got off the routine of working out. I wanted to adopt 75 hard again. Yeah. My wife said that she was going to be on board. And I was like, thank God, because it's kind of a daunting of a task to knock out two workouts a day at 45 minutes a clip, one right. outside. If I don't have my best friend doing it with me. Yesterday, I did a workout 45 minutes during the day inside. And then my wife and I went and worked out last night outside. We did a walk nice. 45 minutes. I'm jogging a little bit. And then while we're out there, she was like, this is the beginning of 75 domestic. <laughs> she goes, 75 domestic. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Domestic. Meaning you're going to work out 75 days in a row. Right. For the second workout, you're going to fold laundry and help around the house. That's hilarious. What? You work out once a day, you fold one load of laundry. Dude, we're going to have to cut this segment out. I don't want to be giving the girls ideas out here, dude. Well, my wife already gave it. Oh. <sighs> She's coining it 75 domestic. domestic. I'm calling it 75 neutered. <laughs> I call it 75 laundry service. I said, <laughs> so I tried to mentally turn it around on her. You know that there are services that'll fold your laundry. We don't have a butler and a right. maid that right. comes every week. Right. You know, we're on like an every week, every other week, maybe yeah. sometimes every three weeks. She wants help around the house and she's frustrated that At you <sighs> are taking time away from doing that which is important to her she's frustrated because she doesn't think i do enough right. around the house and she's like if you have time to go do a 45 minute workout twice a day then you have time to fold this laundry well i phone. tried to turn it around on her and tell her well you're not going to hit your goals the try and the fail and she said 75 domestic she was like great in that time you can learn how to cook I don't cook. Yeah. You're so good at it. It's right. a passion of yours. Yeah. Why would I want to even try? You create beautiful things with your hands. That's right. For people to put in their mouth. That's right. And I love your hands and I love your mouth. That's right. Babe, this is a cop out. 75 domestic is 75 bullshit. Yeah. Andy Frisella would never stand for it. No, he would He would throw up at the thought. He would not stand for it. But I tell you what he would say. Hey, Aaron. If he'd do those things, would you do 75 hard with him? And she'd say, yes. Start folding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Start scrubbing that toilet. That's right. So Andy, one of the funniest things about Andy is, Andy Frisella is, I feel like I have to say his whole name because we're not like, I can't like call him. Like, yo, we're what not, up, Andy? You know we're I mean? not boys yet. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but one of his speeches that he's most famous for, or that kind of put him on the map, I don't know if it put him on the map. I don't, one of the things that he talked about early on, and he still talks about, is piss on the toilet seat. It drives him nuts. Andy, Picking up trash in the parking lot. 
He's all about doing all these little things as just part of your regimen. He's serious about this. He's like Howard Stern. Like if you spray a chemical near his microphone. Yeah, exactly. He goes postal. Does he? Oh my God, dude. I'm breathing in this shit. I think it's a tough thing. I mean, domestic is a difficult topic for a lot of people because there's so much work that has to be done around the house. And there's also so much work that has to be done outside the house. Which you I know, do do a lot Which of you do. And, I you take know, out the trash. Of course. <laughs> there's men jobs and there's women jobs. Whoever takes, however it's divided up within that household. I yeah, mean, the man matter. could cook and clean and the wife could take out the trash. My buddy down the street, Troy, who's a big fan of the Man Fuse podcast. Shout out to Troy. Troy is a hustler. He used to work for Ford. Right. He flips cars. He goes to auctions. Right. He's all into buying and selling cars. He's our official motorhead correspondent when That's it comes right. to vehicles. Exactly. And he will eventually bless the Man Fuse podcast with his presence. But Troy doesn't mow the grass. His wife does. And his wife is always out there right. trimming hedges and yeah. taking down trees. And yeah. Where I'm like, Troy, why don't you get out there and do it? But Troy actually is very handy himself. That's their agreement. I yeah. don't know why she does and he doesn't, but she doesn't care. That's the agreement they have in that household. And that's yeah. what works for them. A lot of people love doing yard work. You know, I mean, it is a very peaceful thing. I mean, it's nice once you get out there and you start doing stuff. Actually, when I leave here, I've got my chainsaw in the back of my truck. Right. I'm going to cut down trees and cut up trees and load my truck up with wood. Actually, I got to go get my trailer. I'm going to load the trailer and the truck. You, you know? need a hydraulic splitter. I do need a hydraulic splitter. You can get one for a grand, so you have your own. Probably a good idea. For but now, I'll just split it with an axe. Like Paul Bunyan. Yeah, exactly. Like an axeman. <laughs> so it looks like I'm doing 75 domestic. Looks like it. At the end of the day, anything that you can do, whether it's within the framework of a certain program or a modification of it, it's still about being healthy, you know? I agree. Ben, Yes. I think we have started what we call a benchmark bit. A couple weeks back, we gave you a full list of things that we all needed to be reminded of just right. to keep us focused, energized. And, you know, if something's been beating you down, maybe this will give you the energy and motivation to keep moving. That's so right. I think we should coin this as the man-fused motivation. Man-fused manifestations. Man-fused manifestations. I like that better. I like the weekly man-fused manifestation. The weekly manifestation? I like adding man-fused in there. Oh. It's M's and M's. I like the man-fused manifestation. Yeah. Okay, got Like man-fused motivation. With like man in all caps. Exactly. Yeah. This is your weekly man-fused manifesto. manifesto. Ben, I think we should divide up. You read half and then you can point to me and I'll take over. Let me pull this up. I'll just say this is called execution over analysis. Yeah, and this is coming from Andy Frisella. If you guys don't know Andy Frisella, check him out. He's got a podcast called Real AF. He's the creator of the exercise first form, but he's the one who created 75 Hard. 75 Hard creator. Whom Ben and I both have done. Yep. We're in the lifestyle. I've been following Andy for a long time, member of Arte Syndicate, which is his private business group for a while. And, you know, I've met him numerous times. He's just a great guy. And he's I, an absolute badass. I didn't know you met him. Numerous times, yeah. He's a great guy, man. He's a really good guy. I've met him. I've met his brother. I met his dad. I hung out with his dad at the St. Regis and his brother. He's a beast. If you had to guess, what was his cologne of 
choice Something to go dope. with his badassness. Probably like Creed. Is that a cologne? Yeah. Like Probably Creed. based on the movie? No. It's a brand of French cologne. It's called Creed. It's about $500 a bottle. It's ooh, fucking ooh, amazing. Yeah. It's like the stuff I wear called Oudwood. Yeah. Tom Ford. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I exactly. smell like a forest. Exactly, dude. Maybe he rocks some Tom Ford. I don't know. All right. But Andy's the man. This is coming straight from Andy. He sends out emails, and I read this one, and I was like, you know what, man? This is such a great topic. It's execution over analysis. So here's what Andy has to say. And by the way, you can sign up for his email list, and you can get these daily motivations from Andy, which is a great idea. Yeah, but before you do that, you should sign up yeah. for the Man Fuse newsletter yeah, exactly. at manfuse.com. I'm just making sure I dry, you know, no, we're, we're going sure to give him plug, his due. That's we, all. We're going to give him yeah. his due. Yeah. But Ben, sorry, we are trying to grow here. <laughs> Well, anyway, okay, so execution over analysis. Stop overanalyzing everything. Most people, likely you, overanalyze their path to becoming successful. Think about what they want. They think about what people will say. They think about what could go wrong. They think about what they might lose if they fail. They think about whether they're capable or not. They think, they think, they think some more. They think themselves right into irrelevance. And all of this thinking is ultimately what prevents them from doing any of the cool shit they dream about for their life. The people who end up doing all that cool shit you dream about for yourself don't spend their time or energy on these thoughts. They make a decision about what they want, and then they fucking act. And then they never stop. That's it. Day after day, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, that's what it takes. The problem most have has nothing to do with not following enough. What some losers might say, the things that could go wrong, or any of that shit. Real talk, I know a guy worth $300 million who doesn't know the difference between R and our. He wins because he does the things he thinks about. That's it. He executes. Contrary to what you might think, you don't need to be hyper-intelligent. You don't need to have all the right connections. You don't need to have all the right answers. You need to do shit instead of thinking about it, talking about it, or analyzing the what-ifs. Stop spending so much time analyzing and start doing. Put one foot in front of the other. Address obstacles when they come up. Overcome them. Never look back. It's not easy, but it is simple. Happy Lunar New Year, by the way. A time to celebrate for millions around the globe. It is the year of the rabbit, the water rabbit, which in Chinese culture, they refer to that as the black rabbit. Interesting. So because they see water as being black. It's interesting. The year of the rabbit is supposed to bring peace, prosperity, perspective, and unfortunately... On Sunday, I believe, Saturday night, the Lunar New Year's Eve, some asshole walked into a dance place, like a ballroom, right. in Monterey Park, California, and killed 11 people with a gun and injured nine others. Then that same asshole went to another ballroom and attempted to do the same. Now, there's a gentleman who was in that second ballroom that was a hero. Yeah. And I have spliced down this interview with him because he's being hailed a hero because he prevented who knows how many countless other deaths. Right. And he has a good perspective on courage. It was Chinese New Year's. We were hosting a social dance party. And uh, this is when I heard the sound of 
the front door creaking closed and instantly followed by the sound of a metal object clinking together. That's when I turned around and saw that there was an Asian man holding a gun. My first thoughts was I was going to die here. He didn't seem like he was here for any money. He wasn't here to rob us. When he was looking around the room, it seemed like he was looking for targets. Something came over me. I, I realized I needed to get the weapon away from him. I needed to take this weapon, disarm him, or else everybody would have died. When I got the courage, I, I lunged at him with both my hands, grabbed the weapon. We struggled into the lobby, trying to get this gun away from each other. He was hitting me across the face, bashing the back of my head. I was trying to use my elbows to separate the gun away from him. Finally, I was able to pull the gun away from him, shove him aside, create some distance, point the gun at him, intimidate him, shout at him and say, get the hell out of here, I'll shoot. And at this point, I thought he would run away, but he was just standing there contemplating whether to fight or to run away. I really thought I would have to shoot him if he came at me. This is when he walked out the door, jogged back to his van. I immediately called police with the gun still in my hand. A lot of people have been telling me how much courage I had to confront a situation like this. But you know what courage is? Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the ability to have adversity to fear when fearful events happen such as this. And in crises like this, the people need courage, especially the victims, their friends, their families. My heart goes out to everybody involved, especially the people in Stardance Studio and Monterey Park. I hope they could find the courage and the strength to persevere. I mean, that's Medal of Honor. I think so. Couple things. First off, when I heard that there was a shooting, there's been an uptick in violence towards Asian American culture. Yeah. I was really surprised, honestly, to find out that it was an Asian man on Lunar New Year, not saying that they're not capable of such a thing. Right. I don't know why it wouldn't have surprised me as much if it was some angry looking, methed out white dude. Well, it's kind of what you would expect Spect. from a mass shooting. I mean, that's the standard. That's the stereotype of stereotype, mass shooter yes. is an angry white meth head. That's, that's correct, <laughs> yeah. basically. And then there was another mass shooting towards the Asian community by another Asian guy in a different part of the country. I wonder why. I'm waiting for them to release more info. Well, Actually, they caught him alive, right? No, they found him dead in his van, killed a bunch of people, tried to kill more. And then instead of standing up, for whatever the reason is why you were doing it. Why not just kill yourself in the first place and not go wreak havoc? You must feel that you have been burned so bad by that culture or by these people that you want to go inflict that much harm across so many families. I think there is a level of suffering right now in this country and certainly in the world of young men. Young men, young males right now are suffering because so much is expected of them and so much is put on the man to deliver, right? And not much value is given. Value has to be shown. And it's something that Jordan Peterson talks about a lot. I'm not saying that that's the reason for this mass shooting. And certainly there's no excuse, but there's a level of suffering that seems to be going on. I think when you even step back and you look at men and women of any age, there's a level of suffering because if you think of the rate of suicide and drug overdoses, because yeah. people 
just don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. They don't want to be in their current reality. Right. With whatever it is they're dealing with and whether it be job, you know, love, it just, they think life sucks and they don't see a light. And so that's why they're killing themselves. I don't have the numbers handy, but I would say that the rate of suicide is definitely up. The rate of overdoses is definitely up. The opioid epidemic is unbelievable as far as overdoses are concerned. Taking your life is one thing, but going through and murdering a bunch of innocent people because your life sucks or you feel that you have been dealt a shit hand. Yeah. You know, you need to get back at collective group of people. Who knows if it was like someone of his parents' friends or someone at church or ex-girlfriend or wife or employer. I mean, who knows? But I think that it's something that we all need to get real with the idea of encountering at some point in our lives. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we really need to search our consciousness and our soul and understand, hey, if I'm in this situation, what am I going to do? And people need to be diligent in locking doors and people need to be diligent in having security at events. And people need to really understand that this is now a real threat. That can happen anytime, any moment, anywhere. And especially in crowds. And you might be just collateral damage. If you see me in a crowd, I'll probably pack him straight up. But I wanted to say regarding the gentleman who stopped this guy, you know, we've talked about the word courage and i've alluded to something winston churchill said but i destroyed it you know what i mean i got the idea right but i wanted to read his quote because i think that this topic and this particular gentleman who stopped this guy and what he just said that is the illumination of courage that is courage and i think that winston churchill's statement or definition of courage is probably the best one i've ever read so in honor of him Stopping this guy, I wanted to read it. Thank you, Ben. Winston Churchill said, Courage is rightly esteemed the first of human qualities because it is the quality which guarantees all others. I thought about this after I heard it the first time. He even describes it. The guy walked in. He's standing by the door. Now the gentleman, the hero. Yes, the hero. He was not by the front door. He was facing the ballroom area and he heard this behind him. So meaning he had to assess the situation and then move across the room before the dude even started shooting. Yes. Which led me to believe that there was a moment when the gunman walked in where he was assessing the room and what he was about to do, but he didn't walk in and just start spraying immediately. No. There was a gap in time where the hero had right. the time to bum rush him. That's right. To grab the gun. That's to right. To start wrestling it from him. Because if the guy would have opened the door with his hand on the trigger and started spraying and not knowing who was in there or how many people were in there, this story would be a different one. That's right. And our hero wouldn't have gotten to show his bravery. Likely not. Let me ask you a question, Ben. Is there a moment in time, and obviously you served, thank you, you're a combat veteran, Yeah. that you had to act? I mean, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Maybe you didn't have to wrestle a gun from someone that was about to just mass murder people. But is there a time where you felt the fear in something that you 
had to act or that maybe you felt the fear and you took off. It doesn't have to be the same level of live or die situation. We all experience things differently. We have different events that we are a part of. And this could be an event that any one of us at any time could be a part of. Yes. But have you ever experienced this is a moment? And there would have been nothing wrong with running out the back door right. at the fast and trying to gather as many people as you could. No, of course not. And some might have thought, wow, you're smart because this situation could have ended differently. So you bring up Iraq and the thing about combat that brings a lot of people close to the lifestyle is the the extremity of the emotions from all angles. It's like you take your regular emotions of life and put a 1000x magnifying glass on it good and bad. And I saw, in some cases, leadership run. And I saw everyone, you know, Kobe Bryant said something about everybody faces the same fear. We all feel that fear. But the difference in champions and everybody else is what they do with the fear. The difference between heroes like that guy and most people is what they do with that fear. Now, everybody has it in them to make that decision. But not everybody will make that decision. And that's okay. But I was faced with a situation where because of my assignments and so forth, I got an option to go home like two months before all my friends back to Germany. And if you would have told me before I went that I was going to decline that offer, I would have told you you were out of your mind. But at that time, I chose to stay in the combat zone. I chose to stay with my crew. I chose to stay with my brothers. I chose to stay with them because it was more important for me to make sure that we all got home or to at least be there. I knew what it would look like in that room because we all lived in the same room if I was removed from it. Well, it wasn't necessarily more important to me than my life because I believed that we would live. But I also believed that without me, Everyone in the room now has less of a chance of living because we're a weaker unit. And it's not just me. We could have lost any one of the people and it would have been the case. Why did you get the opportunity to go home before everyone else? It just happened. I had done some deals and I had, you know, I've always been working deals. I was working deals with the top brass and with top stuff. And we're, you know, I was helping different areas and doing different things. And good for you. You know, well, at least you had that option. At least you hustled your way to have that choice. Yeah, yeah, I did. Which is a good thing that you were given the choice. It is. But I commend you for, and I like to think that if that was me in that same situation, I'd already committed to laying my life on the line. Yeah. And I've already committed to this group of brothers. You're in a zone. It's a life. It's a life that you've built a life. And you only had to go two more months, right? Yeah, you've built a life over the last year and a half. I mean, it's a different life. You've built a whole new life. You know what I mean? Now- It's not always the smart move because I actually had another opportunity to go home before everyone else. This was a deal that I cut before we went in. They said, anybody that wants to go forward with this infantry unit will get the first slot home. But this was not just you. It was a group of you. It was a group of us. I think you've told this story. Probably. And you guys went back to Germany. We went back to Germany. Thinking you were done. But the point is that when we got that slot, I offered my seat to my boy, Lunsford Brown, who had just had a daughter that he hadn't met. His wife just had a daughter. 
and he didn't get a slot. And he was heartbroken because, and he walked around every day with the picture of his baby daughter on his arm. And, and I offered it to them and they declined to let me trade with him. Didn't he pass? And during the time he was there, he was the driver of the Colonel. And when they were in Abu Ghraib visiting for the day, they got hit with a mortar round and he basically took most of the impact. And this now, was- would that have been me? If they would have allowed, I mean, you never know the result of the decisions that you make. You have to live with your decisions. And that's why it's important that you weigh out. You try to make an educated decision on the facts that you have in front of you. But in both cases, I made the same decision to take care of my people. That's always the decision that I'm going to always go that if it's me or like, you know what I mean? If I have a way that I can help someone, I'm probably going to do that if they're more in need than I am. Well, so in. Tragically, he never got to meet his daughter. Never met her. I spoke at his funeral. Man, if that doesn't... I met his daughter. If that doesn't give you chills, though. God, that's so sad. I mean, I spoke at his funeral back in Germany. It was ridiculous. So the way it happened was this tent got hit with a mortar round, took out 13 people, killed... Some of my friends were horribly badly wounded. Mangled. But we were back in Germany. 13 got taken out. Just happened to be 13 back in Germany. And so that's when we got placed at Abu Ghraib. That's when you were called back. That's when we were called back. So we were called back after that attack occurred. But before we went back, his remains came back. And I spoke at his funeral before going back to take his place. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so think about that. I offered him my slot. It was denied. I went back to Germany. He got killed came back to Germany in a body bag before I had to go back and replace him. And I spoke at his funeral on the way out. Thank you for your service. Of course. But what that guy did, he put everybody else first. That's the difference. That's courage. He said, look, if I don't go get that, he didn't say if somebody else doesn't go get it. He said, if I don't go get that gun, we're all going to die. That was his thought. The universe had put them there. Right. At that time. Absolutely. With the gunman Facing him and him only. Yes. So he was the barrier right. between the gunman mm. and all the rest of the people. And he took that response. He shouldered that. He yeah. said, yep, I got this. He was like, okay, universe, let's rock. He said, I'm going to die. It looks like I'm about to die. Die anyway. Because the risk you're really taking is, hey, if I disarm this guy, nobody's going to die. I might not even die. I might die. It might throw off his whole plan to where everyone else is saved, too. Now, imagine if that guy, same mentality, same guy, had taken some time to get a nice little Glock pocket carry and just had it on him. He could have taken that thing out and popped that dude in the chest four times, and it's game over. Yeah, a lot of times you're not going to have that time. A lot of times you're not going to get an amateur like this guy obviously would. To walk in the door without the gun loaded. Well, I think the gun was loaded. No, but I mean he had to cock it. The sound of metal means the gun wasn't loaded. Right, right. If it was loaded, there would be no metal sound. There would only be a fucking bullet. That's what I'm saying. The dude could have opened the door, and as soon as the door opened, started spraying. He could have been loaded and ready to go, but he was an amateur. Most of these shooting guys are amateurs. If you know how to execute, you can see what these guys do, and you know it's playtime. He's a hero. He should be hailed as a hero. He doesn't even want to be considered a hero. 
No, because he's just doing the right thing. And that's what people are, dude. You just, thankfully there weren't more, but man, that's a lot of freaking lives. It's a lot of families. Every single life is... Thoughts and prayers to all the people who sure. lost their family and friends. And hopefully they'll get beyond this tragedy. And as he said, hopefully they'll have the courage to persevere. Absolutely. Another tragedy that happened, Alec Baldwin, an executive producer and actor starring in this Western movie, Rust, gotten himself into some hot water. And when I brought this up, Ben, you had a different perspective than what I saw. Um, I saw a very tragic accident, an accident that never should have happened. And if you don't know and you're living under a rock, in 2021, Helena Hutchins was the victim of an accident. Alec Baldwin pulled the trigger on what should have been a prop gun that was handed to him and in controlled by an armorer. When you are on a movie set, there is an armorer that is hired with the sole purpose of making sure every round, every prop gun, every real gun, whatever is being used on set is locked away and everything is triple checked and in responsibility of that armor. Apparently, there were reports of a lot of standard protocol was being broken on that set. Right. Things were happening and being handled very loosely. I think the armorer, who has now been charged with manslaughter, along with Alec Baldwin... This was her first time being the head armorer right. on a movie set. I think she had been an assistant, but this was the first time that she was hired to lead the way. Yeah. And there were reports and um, I think even some filings made to whoever, insurance or whatever, saying that things were not being handled to the serious protocol as they should be. Helena Hutchins was the victim of a gunshot wound right? by a trigger pull by Alec Baldwin. Now, Alec Baldwin, after the event, which is tragic, I, the only time that I could ever remember this even happening was to Brandon Lee on the set of a movie. There should have been a blank in the gun, but there was a live round. Why was a live round even on set? There shouldn't have been a live round anywhere close to any one of those guns. Right. So how was it that a live round made it into the gun that killed Helena Hutchins? Now, Alec Baldwin... Not by accident. So you say. Well, I mean, dude, guns don't load themselves. Obviously. And why would there even be live rounds on a movie set? Don't know. And that's what Alec Baldwin, who has acted in how many movies, his IMDb page is long... He is an actor that has been probably hundreds of movies. Yeah. If you have acted that many times, not every time you're handling a gun, but he has handled one countless amounts of times. Right. And if I was a seasoned actor and an armorer hands me a pistol, yes, some actors came out and said that they double check it, even though the armorer has already checked it. Right. But I know there are actors who don't because they trust that the man in charge of that one thing is doing their job. Maybe. I don't know how it works in Hollywood, but the way it works in the real world 
is it doesn't matter who had the gun before you. you. It's your responsibility to inspect the gun and make sure that the weapon that you're holding, number one, is or is not loaded. Number two, is or is not off safety. Number three, is or is not cocked. Every person who picks up a gun has the individual responsibility now of that gun. It shouldn't matter who the fuck had it before you. In this case, I understand the case that they're making. Personally, I disagree with it. I don't see how the fuck an actor even points a, first of all, it's a revolver. A revolver is pretty easy to see what it's got in it. Two, why would it have real bullets in it? Could you tell a dummy round versus a live round? If you opened it up and looked at the rounds, you could. Okay. Which maybe I'm different. So there's that aspect. Then there's the aspect of this was a movie. He was. It was a scene where you're supposed to be shooting someone in the movie. His claim was that she asked him to get the camera footage, lens dead on to the gun, a close-up, the barrel or whatever. But she didn't support that claim. Oh, why? Well, she's dead. She's dead. Well, right. It's a he say, she say, and she can't say. And she can't say anything. All we know is that he pointed the gun directly at her. Or at the camera. Live. And she's behind the camera. So it was her. Again, we're talking about gun responsibility. This is a real gun. It's not a cap gun. But if in the scene it requires that yeah. there's a close-up on sure. the gun and you're to pull the trigger, granted, a lot of these effects can be handled post-production. Right. But. It's better if it looks real, sounds real, right. all those kinds of things. I mean, you see Keanu Reeves, who is a gun badass. And he is a badass yeah. in martial arts, in firing, shooting, weapons training. Right. And you see him in John Wick. He is headshot, 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 can reload fast as hell. He is skilled. I mean, Alec Baldwin is one of these far left people. Helena Hutchinson was actually a moderately right side person. Alec Baldwin has said really, really nasty things about people who not getting vaccinated, about people not wearing their masks. He's been very, very outspoken against, vehemently against. And I'm not saying that's a reason to kill somebody, but there's a, I think there's a lot more going on there. I hope he didn't mean to kill her. I think that's horrible. That's something he's got to live with. I just think there's with. a hell of a lot of fucking coincidences stacking up here. And when I see coincidences stack up like that, I mean, yeah, there's Murphy's Law. There is something to be said about too many coincidences. Too many coincidences Just here. like 9-11. Right. right. Too many coincidences. Too many coincidences. Absolutely. And Eventually, the trail starts leading to something. Now he's getting charged with manslaughter, which he will likely get reduced to something. And hopefully he didn't mean to kill her and it was a tragic accident as he described it. However, if it was intentional, if there was something going on, if she did have dirt on him that he was afraid of, then, and this was a plan? Well, up to this point, it's worked pretty fucking well. I see it as far-fetched. I'm yeah. not saying it's out of the realm of possibility. It's definitely ballsy. Now, Alec Baldwin, if you go back to the voice message, Kim Basinger yeah. being his, at one time, very hot ex-wife, do you remember the voicemail Alec Baldwin left? I remember it. Cussing out. Kim and his daughter, calling his daughter a little pig. Oh, wow. It's something that has come back to haunt him yeah. for years about how aggressive and short-tempered. Got a short fuse. He'll blow up. 
he's been I known mean, to blow up on the media, the press, paparazzi. All these, all these, all these guys, all these people in Hollywood. Less and less and less and less. I give a fuck about what they think, what they say. I regard them as bought. I regard them as bought and sold people. I think their opinions are bought and sold. I think they are bought and fucking sold up the river. They're sucking Hollywood's dick. The ho- This whole idea of them being thought leaders and all this kind of thing. No, they have a following because people like the movie they were in. Yeah. And so that's why people will listen to them. And the media and Hollywood knows that. Yes. And they and hey, get them in another movie. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Alec Baldwin, bro. So I, am I. I like I, Alec Baldwin. I've always liked his As movies. an actor, I, I've always liked all of Alec Baldwin's movies. I mean, he's a fantastic actor. I want to see his movies. I don't want to hear his bullshit. And this is something that with Hollywood, with Kim Kardashian and like Kanye West and like all these people, it's like, bro, just stay in your fucking lane. Make, Make another great album. great fucking music for us. Please. Right. Make a great movie. I don't want to hear your thoughts on global warming. I don't need it. Yeah, like I don't need it. Look, I'm trying to use everything I have in this life to get to a certain point. And what you're doing is you're sitting there echoing what the mainstream narrative is. And that shows me that you're fucking bought and sold. You're against the people. You're with the elite. I'm out on it. I'm just out on that shit. I completely am. It is rare that you see a Hollywood movie star stand up in an adverse way to the mainstream narrative. It's true. And I'm not saying the mainstream narrative is all bullshit, but it's mostly bullshit. It's a spun tale that they want everybody to bite. Exactly. And most of them just go right along with it and cruise right through the thing, and it's a part of it. An interesting thing is back in the medieval days, there was wizards, basically. There were people regarded as wizards, like sorcerers and stuff like that. You remember in all of the, um, I'm talking like ancient Europe castles and, and all that kind of stuff, and they had the magic wands and the crystal balls and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, they were witches. Right, <laughs> and, and so they had these people, and they would go and they would consult these people. I mean, Before they were stoning them to death? Yes, these were the black magic people and, and the people who would predict things and are said to have been magical or whatever. The witches, just like you're saying. Do you know that their, their magic wands were made of wood? And they were made of wood from a holly tree. A wood wand. A holly tree from Hollywood. Oh. You see what I'm saying? So there's a whole idea of Hollywood being the front for the narrative of Hollywood itself, these movies and everything that is created to distract us and to distract our attention away from what's happening in the world to, quote, entertain us, right? To entertain us. Hollywood. It's a farce. All these movies, none of them are fucking real. It's bullshit. You're acting. Right. You're fucking acting. You know what I'm saying? Hey, thanks for listening to the Man Fuse podcast. Share the show on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can join the show by hitting us up at manfuse.com or call us at 770-744-5227. Text or voicemails are welcome. And support the show by maybe checking out some of our Man Fused gear. See ya.